0: Hi, this is John Gimigliano, principal in charge of KPMG's federal legislative and regulatory team in Washington National Tax. Welcome back to our podcast series on the future prospects around tax policy and tax legislation. Today we are going to come back to the topic of what we expect to happen next as Congress continues to look at addressing the COVID-19 event and whether or not we're going to get additional legislation. I'm joined today by Jen Acuna, and Tom Stout. Janet Tom, welcome. Well, this is everybody's favorite topic. We spend a lot of time talking about this, so we finally have an opportunity to share our thoughts with the world. So let's start with the first piece of legislation, something we actually have. Unlike the Senate, the House has actually produced a piece of legislation that we can actually look at and provide some commentary on. That's, of course, the HEROES Act. It passed the House of Representatives a little bit earlier this year. So let me just start with you, Tom. First question. Do you think, looking at what we've seen in the HEROES Act, do you think this is a fair representation of where Democrats are going to be? This is going to be their view and their bargaining position on any kind of deal that they're going to look for in additional COVID legislation, that he- the HEROES Act is a fair representation of where they are likely to be?
1: Well, I think it's a fair representation of everything that they would desire to be in a bill but don't really expect to be there. I, mean, I think this is, a, more than anything else, an opening of negotiations. You know, there are two clear priorities, and, and the size is probably negotiable, is uh, funding for state and local governments and an extension of their the enhanced unemployment benefit. Beyond that, I think probably most of this is negotiable and probably will, will be negotiated.
0: One of the things I found kind of interesting about it, Tom, is, you know, I, I just looked at it this morning to brush up on it. and. It has listed on it the House Democratic chairs of the various committees of jurisdiction, but one is missing. And that's Richie Neal, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, is not listed as, you know, uh, one of the sponsors of the bill. Does that tell us anything or am I reading too much into it?
1: Yeah, I, I suspect, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I suspect that's more an indication that, you know, he may be one of the negotiators but doesn't want to be out in front as, as taking a position. You know, it's often the case with committee chairs that know they're going to be in the center of a bill.
0: It could just represent the reality that like, we're tax people and we'd love to think that the world revolves around tax. It does. Let's just be honest. It does. But, you know, not everybody sees it that way. And it's possible that the, the tax components of the bill were just not perceived to be quite of the a level of importance of some of the other provisions of other committees of jurisdiction. And so maybe that's one of the other reasons that Neil felt that either he felt that he need, didn't need to be on or didn't they didn't feel compelled to add him.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
2: Well, you know, that Representative Neil, Chairman Neal, is also, I mean, the Ways and Means Committee does a lot more than just tax. Which is also in play in heroes. So I think that observation is an interesting one.
1: I mean, he has yeah. health,
2: he has trade, he has a lot of things under that umbrella HR, which deals with some of the entitlement programs like food stamps. So very interesting observation.
0: Well, Richie Neal's been around a long time. I had the pleasure of working with him. You know, when I was staff on on the committee of Ways and Means, and he he certainly knows how Washington works. He knows. Uh, how the House and Senate dynamic is going to work. So he may have very well had his reasons to sort of keep powder dry in additional negotiations. So it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. So just a couple of the highlights of the, some of the things. Most of the tax provisions in Heroes are relate to individuals. Is that correct? You know, modifications to the income tax credit, additional payments, stimulus payments to individuals. There were some business provisions in there. I think most notably. This modification of lost carrybacks, you know, in the case of non-corporates, basically, you know, an elimination of that carryback. And in the case of corporates, a limitation on the ability to carry those provisions back, some would argue done retroactively. That's probably the thing that people ask about the most. And it's probably safe to say, and we'll turn to this, you know, in a minute, what the Senate's going to think of that. But there are provisions in there that Probably have some bipartisan support. So Tom, what do you think about the changes to the employee retention credit and some of the other employment credits that are in, in the Heroes bill? Do you think those have a chance?
1: Yeah, I, I sense there's there's probably a considerable amount of bipartisan support for the enhancements to the employee retention tax credit. I, I think those those changes make it in. I think the NOL changes are certainly going to be more controversial.
0: Jen, when people say this bill's dead on arrival, what do they mean? Because as Tom was saying, and I agree with him. Yes, in its entirety, but, you know, that's true of almost all legislation, right? Um, It all gets changed and negotiated as you go. Do you think that provisions, you know, like the modifications to the ERC and other things have a chance, and those things may not be dead on arrival, even if others might be? Well, I think that
2: provisions like suspending the SALT limit, this is a classic provision that would be considered by Senate Republicans as dead on arrival, right, because the SALT limitation was put in place during the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, so that was put into law just about two years ago. And now we have a suspension of that. Not only do Republicans view that as an unwinding of a portion of the TCJA, but they also view it as providing more economic subsidies to blue states and to high net worth individuals in those states. So that's one example of a provision that would definitely be stricken as soon as it hits the Senate. Another one would be unwinding what was just passed in the CARES Act, right? There was the limiting corporations from carrying back the net operating losses. That was just passed a few weeks ago. So anything that would unwind that would also be viewed as debt on arrival. Although, you know, there are some elements of it that could be attractive to some Republican members in the Senate, in particular with respect to the rate arbitrage, right? So some of this provision is targeting the carrying back Of NOLS to when the rate was 35 percent versus the current rate of 21 percent, that may not be viewed as completely toxic, the Senate Republicans. But right now the tensions are pretty high with respect to undoing what was just passed.
0: So, Jen, listen. Let's turn to the Senate priorities. You know, the the Republican-controlled Senate. We talked about the democratically-controlled House. First of all, on this question of, you know, carrying back to the pre-TCJA years where the rate was higher, I mean, come on, they knew when they enacted CARES they were doing that, right? I mean, you've been in drafting uh, and joint taxes there, the ledge council there, surely one of the first things somebody said was, you realize that, you know, you're carrying this back to 35% years. Um, they viewed that dumb?
2: as a positive, right? They, they, they thought, the drafters you know, and they thought that they would be improving benefit of the provision if it did take advantage of that rate arbitrage because remember when cares was passed the whole point of this business tax title was to insert liquidity into it was to inject capital into the market to improve liquidity and to facilitate quickie tax returns how do you do that how do you inflate those amounts that are going out to corporations by allowing that rate arbitrage
0: and sort of more is more is better, you know, the right. way people were re- responding at the, you know, at the, it, like remember when CARES was enacted, we were still in total free fall. I'm not saying, you know, yep. we're out of the woods yet, but it was, um, you know, free fall at the time. And I think people felt like more is better. Okay, so what are the other Senate priorities then? What do we should we expect to see out of a Senate bill if we see one? What do you think we're likely to see in, in their package?
2: You know, there's been a lot of talk about liability relief. Um, especially Leader McConnell has been, you know, on a regular basis talking about the concerns of increased liability to business owners that are reopening amid the current situation. So that's going to be at the top. That's one of the top lines. A new one that has cropped up is this return to work bonus that people are talking about. And it has pretty strong push on the Republican side. We have Senator Portman on the Senate side that has been pushing it as a substitute for increasing or prolonging unemployment insurance benefits. And also, Brady on the House side has been pushing for this return to work bonus. He just released it last week. So he introduced it. And, you know, there seems to be some consensus on both sides of the Capitol, at least among Republicans, that this is going to be a, one of their negotiating points.
1: I, th- I think that yeah. agreement is solely among the Republicans. this is this gets to the one of the major areas of contention in in this bill, and that's going to be, you know, do you want to push workers to return to work or do you want to continue to provide enhanced benefits for for workers who are unemployed? And uh, you know maybe there's a way out of this. Uh, the The compromise would be, basically you do both. You provide some credit for going back to work, but also continue to provide enhanced benefits for those. Who can't go back to work, or or who think it's too dangerous to go back to work? But it, it, that's clearly going to be, I, th- I think, the number one issue they're going to have to they're going to have to work through.
0: Well, Tom, to that point, maybe the real number one issue, you tell me. But this limitation on liability for employers, is that McConnell, is very adamant about, and I understand it. You know that that employers are concerned about they're going to be you know be sued if somebody comes back to work and gets sick. That is not going to be an easy sell in the Democratic House. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh, yeah, and that's, it clearly goes to the same question of, you know, whether you want to push workers back into, into the situations uh, that, that they may not be comfortable in uh, or not. And, you know, there, there are ways to deal with that, too. You can work the limitation uh, on on liability around OSHA regulations, uh, COVID regulations, which they don't have yet, uh, or something like that. But, yeah, that is the same basic issue is sort of a, another uh, aspect of it.
0: So bring it back to tax, then you know you might say, as many have said, well, you know the the lost carryback thing, the 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 Republican Senate will just never simply take that, and I'm sure they believe that. The question is, if it were to come down to, you know, the House says, fine, we'll give you limitation on liability, but you got to give us the lost carryback provision. I mean. That would put Republicans in a really tough spot. So I agree. It seems unlikely that that's the way this negotiation would evolve. I'm not sure that the loss carrybacks are that important to House Democrats. But if it did, you know, my point is in a negotiation, I think it's worth just reiterating and make absolutely clear, everything is possible, right? Everything is a trade-off, and if if you know the Democrats certainly have leverage because McConnell's made it clear that he really wants that limitation of liability so much that it's going to give the Democrats the ability in the, in the House to get something of value for it. Now, what that is, we'll have to see. It may well be additional state money. It may well be, you know, something else like expansion of the employee retention credit. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
2: You know, there was a lot of talk about the NOL carryback and the unwinding of that. That was a provision that was negotiated for. So there was a give in exchange for that NOL provision. So I don't know if Senate Republicans would have to double down on getting more to, in order to unwind it.
0: Well, it is one of those things that every single member of Congress voted for, right? So okay. it's hard. Like, there's no, it doesn't mean you can never, never go back on a vote. But it does put, um, you know, if you're going to vote against, you, you want to undo it. Somebody's going to ask the question, well, why did you just vote for it like six weeks ago? Did you not understand what it did? Did you change your mind? Right, th- those are the kind of questions that make politicians uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and to go back right. to something that Jen said before about the TCJA, uh, you know, the the pushback mostly about the rate arbitrage is that the, the elimination of the loss carryback in the TCJA was designed in part to offset the cost of the, of the reduction in the corporate rate. So, you know, they all tie together in that way, and that, that's why the, the biggest Democratic pushback will be, you know, not to allow the rate arbitrage, maybe to allow the five-year carryback to continue, but to limit the benefit to 21 percent pre-2018.
0: Well, fair enough. Uh, and I guess on that point, we uh, will wrap it up just to sort of recap what we talked about. The House is standing behind the the HEROES Act. It in some regards may represent a wish list, but at a minimum, it is their starting position, you know, bargaining position when the House and Senate do get down to brass tacks and try and negotiate another bill. The Senate, we're waiting to see what they're going to produce, what the tax priorities are going to be. But we know that there's at least one or two other priorities. The one is allowing people to return to work, providing some incentive for that, as well as the limitation on liability that could well shape the package that ultimately gets negotiated. And that's something we're going to look forward to seeing over the course of June and maybe into July. So with that, Tom, Jen, thank you. And we'll see you all uh, or talk to you all next time. Thank you.